0: You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hive Hoops, I'm Joshua Balta. You can find me mainly on Twitter, at HornetsLead, at Hive Hoops. At Ball to 77, be sure to check out all of those socials. We are on Instagram and Threads as well. Not as consistent there, but still be sure to check us out as we attempt to boost that and ramp that up. The Charlotte Hornets are 1-1. and And following Wednesday night's season opening win against the rival Southern Series Barbecue Pig Trophy Rivalry between the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. The Hornets followed it up with an absolute dud against what also may be brewing as a rivalry in the Detroit Pistons. They fall 111 to 99 at home at the Spectrum Center, one and one on the season. And, uh, you know, in the grand scheme, right, There's there are 80 games left, okay? But games like this, these are the games that you want to have. And, yes, Detroit is looking better. They have Monty Williams now coaching them. Uh, they have four centers that they can rotate. James Weisman didn't even get in this game, and last year he was arguably, you know, their second best center behind – During, at times. And so, you know, they're revamped. They got Osar Thompson in the draft, good defensive wing. Cade Cunningham is back. He's healthy. And so oftentimes the Detroit Pistons are grouped in with the Charlotte Hornets as those teams that have a young core that are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference looking to, you know, rise into playoff contention. And so, this was one of our first early tests against those teams that are often in the same tier as we are. And the Charlotte Hornets did not handle that well. This was a physical game. I saw a lot of people talking about the ref, you know, the referees' calls and the way that the game was being refed. And thought that the hornets you know were being unfairly judged and called as opposed to the Detroit Pistons the foul calls weren't that you know lopsided one way or the other i believe it was a 6 foul difference i think it was 28 to 22 uh where the hornets were called for a few more but it wasn't something just egregious I think at the end of the day, the Detroit Pistons were just that much more physical. And honestly, I would rather the refs allow the game to be physical than just too touchy. And they're just being whistles everywhere for hand checks and, you know, under the body pushes when guys are going up and calling that underhand. Like, I would rather the refs allow the guys to play than to be that touchy-touchy basketball where, you know, you even getting any kind of contact and the whistle's being blown. The Detroit Pistons just brought it to the Charlotte Hornets on their home floor. It just is what it is. And the center rotation for the Detroit Pistons decimated the center rotation for the Charlotte Hornets. Jalen Duran was the best player on the court. It wasn't close. And it pains me to say this because the Charlotte Hornets did indeed draft one Jalen Duran. And on draft night, when the call went out, I was jumping up, screaming, celebrating. I was so hyped that Jalen Duran somehow fell to the Charlotte Hornets at 13. It was a dream come true. He's still a teenager. The kid is still a teenager, and he is putting up massive rebound numbers. He is putting up massive point production as well and field goal percentage, massive block numbers as well. I mean, Jalen Duran is as advertised. He is a physical specimen. He is an animal. He looks the part. He plays the part. He is the part. And as high as I am on Mark Williams – I love me some Mark Williams, and I think obviously he's a he's a member of the core of the Charlotte Hornets team. He is going to raise the ceiling this season of what of what and where the Charlotte Hornets can be slash go. Okay, I'm super high on Mark Williams. Jalen Duran is just better. I, and you can say it's a one-game sample size. You can say it's this. You can say it's that. Last year, neck neck and neck, it, I'd probably still give the edge to Duran last year, um, especially in the situation that they were. I mean, if you want to talk about a similar team who dealt with just as many injuries, if not more, now, some of that was they were actively tanking and sitting out healthy players. So I don't want to give the Detroit Pistons too much credit here. But as far as just on paper, how many absences were they missing from their starting rotation, guys? They rivaled us. Now we had the Charlotte Hornets had legit injury concerns. The Detroit Pistons were resting their guys in, you know, the Wimby stakes for the Tankathon, but still they did not play. They did not touch the floor. And so there are similar situations as far as guys missing time and Jalen Duran. I mean he did well last year and then this season thus far I mean he is putting up crazy numbers 17 rebounds 14 rebounds 23 do what he's he's doing what out there I mean it's unreal he's he's leading the NBA in rebounds with over 15 per game He's averaging 18 points, four assists a game as well. This was one of the attributes going into the draft that a lot of people, that had a lot of people excited about Jalen Duran were, were his passing abilities. Four assists a game from your center? I know it's only three games, okay? But he showed flashes of this last season as well. He's shooting 80% from the field. 80%. That's wild. 2.7 blocks. He's nearly averaging three blocks a game. He's doing it. Like I said, as high as I am on Mark Williams, Jalen Duran is all of that and more because Mark doesn't have the offensive upside that Jalen Duran has. The defense, I'm taking Mark defensively, and I've told you that I rate that I rank and rate my centers by their ability to play defense outside of Jokic and Embiid essentially. The rest of the league centers, you are ranked and held accountable for how good you can be on an NBA court by how well you can play defense. I'm still higher on Mark Williams's defense. I think his switchability on the uh, on the perimeter is better than Jalen Um, I think that he's a deterrent at the rim. So is Jalen durant but I would still take Mark defensively. But it's not a sizable gap. It's not a large enough gap to where Jalen Duran's offensive abilities aren't that much better than Mark Williams. To where ah, uh, you know, it's a wash. No, Jalen Duran is the superior offensive player. Jalen Duran is what Mark is plus some, um, and he absolutely dominated him in this game. The entire center rotation—that was the story of this game, the physicality of the Pistons and their ability to hit the boards and just completely take out Charlotte's bigs. I mean, look at this. Jalen Duran, 17 rebounds against the Charlotte Hornets. That's insane. 17 rebounds. When you have Mark Williams and Nick Richards, two certified seven-footers, big dudes for you, To have 17 boards against that lineup, that's massive. And then it it doesn't stop there. Isaiah Stewart, I know that they kind of play him on the court alongside Duran, alongside Bagley at times. He's kind of that power forward center, you know, hybrid. Um, Seven boards for himself. And then you look at Marvin Bagley, he added in four off the bench. James Weissman, like I said, did not get any playing time. But the Pistons ran a three-man center rotation, essentially. And their rebounding totals from their bigs, 28 rebounds. The Charlotte Hornets, a combined five. Five rebounds. Two from Nick Richards, three from Mark Williams. 28 versus five, that's not going to cut it. That tells your story. That tells the story of the game. They were more physical. They hit the boards and they attacked the bigs of Charlotte trying to get them in foul trouble. And this is going to be something that we're going to have to watch moving forward because the scouting report on the Charlotte Hornets is going to be this. They only have two centers on their roster. They do not have a third. They do not have a fourth. Sure, P.J. Washington can step in in a small ball lineup, but PJ Washington cannot hang with Jalen Duran. PJ Washington cannot hang with other top 10 centers in the league. Yes, I said top 10. And I and I had Jalen Duran in that top 10. I mentioned that. I yes, I believe that. The Charlotte Hornets are low. This is something that we knew across the roster. We're thin in the backcourt we're thin in the front court. We have a plethora of wings. But we're thin in the back court, and the front court. Guards and centers. And this is going to be something that the Charlotte Hornets are going to have to they know this is what's going to happen. This is what teams are going to do. They're going to attack the bigs They're early. They're going to try to get them in foul trouble because they know that there's no one behind Mark Williams and Nick Richards. Honestly, they're going to try to attack Mark Williams as 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 much as of a deterrent they are, or that Mark Williams is at the rim and in the paint. I think you're going to see a lot of teams, you know, seeing if the Hornets are going to switch, trying to run a lot of of screens to see if you know they can get Mark Williams switched out on guards, and then guards really try to attack, get him reaching, get you know get into the body, try to get. Mark Williams specifically in foul trouble because at that point, the Hornets have nothing behind. And so this is going to be something that the Charlotte Hornets coaching staff knows. This is going to be something that the players have to know. Mark Williams and Nick Richards, they're going to have to be smart. They are going to have to play smart basketball in order to stay on the floor because opposing teams who have multiple centers, who have elite guards, who can get into the paint, draw contact, draw fouls, this is what they are going to try to do. They're going to try to attack Charlotte where they are most vulnerable, and that is at the center position because there's no depth there. And so we're going to have to watch what's going to take place here for the rest of the season. This is – I mean, the jury's out. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. This is how teams are going to attack Charlotte. And you get those guys out, I mean, you're playing small ball and you have a seven-footer out there and you're going to have, what, P.J. Washington six seven, at best for long, extended periods throughout the game. That's not going to work. It's just not. Um, I don't want to be too negative on this, I guess. I do want to, uh, you know, point out a positive. That did take place. I thought P.J. Washington and Brandon Miller really kind of set an edge to this team in this game, that they weren't going to take any garbage, that they weren't going to take any junk, that they weren't going to be punked. Now, the Charlotte Hornets did indeed get punked on the offensive boards, on the defensive boards, on the boards, on all the boards, right? But as far as just backing down, P.J. Washington, that foul, I love it. I absolutely love it. That's weak. The fact that he got ejected for that, that is absolute garbage. There's nothing at the head. There's nothing at the neck. That's just a good, hard foul for a guy going up at the rim. He didn't slam the guy. He didn't tackle the guy. There was no intent going at the cranium. There was nothing. That is weak sauce NBA. Absolutely terrible. If you want to call a foul, even if you want to do a flagrant one, whatever. But that is not ejectable criteria whatsoever. Absolute garbage call. And then you have Brandon Miller, all right, going at Isaiah Stewart, dunking on his head, posting it after the game. I freaking love that stuff. I was not – a Brandon Miller guy during the draft period. I did not, because I I doubted that he had that edge, right? I saw the game against South Carolina. I saw, you know, him dunking on people and then, yeah, that's easy to do when you're winning. That's easy to do when you're blowing people out, right? But the fact Brandon Miller was giving this kind of energy and attitude and a spark in a game that where we were losing the entire time and we were chasing this game. That we weren't above like we weren't winning by double digits and you know the guys doing it. It's easy to dog, right? The other team when you're up. But the fact that we were down and he had this kind of mentality, mentality and this attitude, man, this made me a believer in Brandon Miller. It did because, you know, we saw him talking junk to MJ. He went on the podcast and he was, you know, saying, you know, some crazy stuff about MJ. And I was like, man, I don't know if MJ is going to take, you know, take to that. And then we hear the reports coming out from the workouts and all of the things. And he just seems kind of goofy. He seems, you know, just a, a little, you know, he seemed like more of the same of what we already had in Charlotte which is just this kind of fun-loving guy, um, you know, this jokester, this prankster, this guy who just kind of, you know, living life, you know, life, you know, lightheartedly and, you know, just here for a good time, right? I thought we really needed that edge setter. This uh, Maybe he's both. And I, I mean, once he's on the floor, like he's having fun, but I mean, he seems to like, go to another place when he's out there. And, I mean, this is – I mean, he's hes doing – I mean, he's dunking on somebody nightly, it seems. Like, just crashing down the lane, like, full speed ahead and just rising and just yamming on people. I mean, we've seen this in the preseason. We've seen this in the season now. I know it's only two games. But, like, this is happening so often, like, this might be a thing. And then him not backing down from Isaiah Stewart, who went after LeBron last year, who's a bit of a mental case himself. I I don't want to say mental, but a head case. He, You know, he seems to always be trying to, you know, scram it up with guys. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot for Isaiah Stewart to, you know, start going at you, but for, you know. 6'9, 210, Brandon Miller, you know, string beam at this point in his career to not back down. Stand up, go no to nose with him, dunking on him, stepping in. I, I I love that. And that that's refreshing to see. PJ. What PJ, that foul from PJ, I love it. I absolutely we have not had that in Charlotte. We haven't had that. And that's what this team needs. We need an edge setter, okay? We need somebody who's going to set the tone, who's not going to back down, who's not going to get punked by some other young team in the Detroit Pistons. I love that. That's something that we can really take away from this game. We lost. The frustrating part about this, this is one of those games that you need to win, right? You're at home. You're playing a bottom of the league team, and, I mean, Cade Cunningham only has 12. But like we talked about in the Atlanta Hawks game and how it was a total team effort from the Charlotte Hornets, that's what happened from these Pistons. 15 from Stewart, 14 from Duran, 12 from Cunningham, 14 from Bagley, 18 from Ivy, 24 from Alec Burks, who is a Hornets killer. I mean, I'm sick of Alec Burks just going – Nuclear against the Hornets, 11 of 12 from the free throw line. Alec Burks going to the free throw line and shooting 12 free throws. That's insane. That's insane. Um, From the Hornets, another less than stellar night from LaMelo Ball. I mean, 4 of 17 from the field. I don't like that. Um, His assist numbers were at 9. His rebounds were at 9. So, I mean, he's looking to impact the game in other areas. Okay, two steals. He even had a block in this game, four turnovers, Um, 20 points because he, LaMelo, got to the free throw line. Look, this is why I'm not tripping out about LaMelo. The shot's going to fall, okay? I mean, he went two of seven from three. He shot 10 shots within the lane. He went two of 10 within the lane. That's the area that we've been talking about no i mean there's no there's no secret here with LaMelo Ball he comes out he's had two poor performances early on in the season the bad 2 of 10 within the three point line within the arc but the good he shot 12 free throws in this game hit 10 of them that's what we need and so he was looking for contact All right, so there's a lot of people, all the refs, all the refs, this, that. Okay, when do you ever remember and recall LaMelo Ball shooting 12 free throws in a game? It's been a a minute, right? Isn't this what we've wanted? LaMelo actually got some calls within the lane, which is what we want. He's, If you want to get to the next level, if you really want to see LaMelo Ball in the constant conversation of All-Star, right, but then even higher than that in ascending into all NBA you know stratosphere it's going to take that the best guards in the league get to the lane they get to the they get to the foul line all right and they hit their free throws lamelo ball does that he hits his free throws but he's got to get to it that's encouraging his shot's going to fall okay he's going to hit more threes but i am encouraged by that number Hornets are one and one, got a bunch of games this week. All right, got the Nets, got the Rockets, first road game this week. Hornets got to pull out some wins. All right, the schedule's easy early on. That's the disappointing thing here. They played a similar team. You're at home, should have won. I mean, this is one of those, I mean, you shouldn't, you should not have won because you were completely decimated by the physicality of the Pistons in this game. But this is a game you need to win. When you're at home, you're coming off a big win. You want to see your team respond. They did not respond. Hornet, but it's okay. One and one, if you had said, hey, the Hornets are going to win one of the games between the Hawks and the Pistons, they're going to lose one of them, I I probably would have taken it because I would have thought that they beat the Pistons and that they lose to the Hawks, right? But it's okay. Got a bunch of games coming this week. How will the Hornets respond? We'll talk about it later in the week after we see, indeed, in fact, how they respond. I'm your host, Joshua Balta. Until next time, adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops. Presented by, by The lead. lead. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from From Hive Hive Hoops. Hoops.